If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, Observing the return of wonder and curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. We have Heather Bishop here today. She is a mom of two boys and an educator with a heart for the outdoors. Heather's passion for teaching spread outside of the classroom walls after having her first son, which has allowed her to work with students of all ages within several content areas, from teaching first grade in a public school setting to pre-K in a private setting, and even tutoring for years with students from age 4 to 24, using nature as a classroom has been a powerful component in Heather's teaching. Just over two years ago, Heather and her eldest son met me and were welcomed into our outdoor classroom. Now her whole family looks forward to their time in the secret gardens as often as they can, and Heather notes that she is encouraged and inspired to continue educating through nature because of this beautiful program. Thank you, Heather, and without further ado, Heather Bishop. Hello, everybody. We have Heather Bishop here, and she is unique. She's a parent in our Secret Gardens Outdoor Classroom. She ha- is an educator herself, so we are going to get the full perspective. Uh, so just to start, could you just sort of maybe we can backpedal a little bit, and you can tell us your story. You could, yeah, just jump yeah. right in. Yeah, where, where oh, absolutely. We- I am now currently a preschool teacher, but I'll tell you how I got there. So um, in 2007, I started at Gordon College with um, the plan to graduate as an, with an art education degree. And my goal was to teach elementary and to teach you know, art and quickly learned through my coursework that the position that I would be able to have was art teacher and art teacher only. So rather than being able to be in the general ed classroom setting, I'd only be able to be an art teacher uh, with a degree and started feeling like, oh, you know, I really wanted to teach other content areas and other subjects through the arts rather than just being the art teacher and just doing visual art side of things. Not that you can't bring content into it, but I was really feeling like I could reach a greater audience. And, you know, what my heart was really calling to me to do was to be able to do to be a teacher and teach through the arts. So ended up changing my track, went the early childhood track. So I would be able to teach pre-K to two. I kept the art major and would be able to teach in the general ed setting, any classroom pre-K to two with Mm -hmm. the art degree Mm -hmm. Um, and felt so much more like that's what I wanted to do. So from there, I went into teaching in a public school and I taught first grade 
for almost 10 years. Wow. Um, and then during that time, during like near the end of that time, was invited by a dear friend of mine to join one of your outdoor classroom courses that then inspired me to get my students outside and engaging more with nature, not just the art, not just visual arts and music and things like that, but to start and bringing them into nature more, getting outside more. That was the goal for sure. I had this big dream of having them have a garden in the courtyard, but in the setting that I was in, there were certain time frames and certain curriculum standards and things that needed to be met. And inside classroom is where we needed to have those, some of those things being met. So I was feeling a little limited, but still inspired and got those kids outside as often as I could, still connecting to the arts as often as I could. But then also right around that time is where I was pregnant with our first child, um, Daniel, who is four. He'll be five in April. I can't even believe it. But um, So pregnant with him and kind of got this idea of like, okay, what are my next steps? Right. So I'm going to have a baby. Do I stay in this public school setting? I'm really feeling inspired to be connecting outdoors with my students. And is this the setting where I'm going to be able to make that happen best. I started exploring other outlets of, you know, really what are the next, what's the next chapter for us? So had Daniel took my maternity leave and ultimately within that maternity leave time frame, really felt a call to teach elsewhere. So I ultimately ended up leaving the public school that I was working in and um, following my heart to, to teach elsewhere also the pandemic happened. (laughs) So I had this, you know, this baby, I had left my job, identity crisis 101, you know, (laughs) Um, but it was really a rebuilding time. And I was looking at all the things that I had come to really identify with. I was a mom. I was a lover of the outdoors. I was inspired to teach outdoors. I was inspired to teach through the arts and, and how to connect all that. So that eventually led me again to you. Isn't that amazing? So it is amazing. That is amazing. Because this is this... how many years later? Because I almost forgot about that class that you took. Yeah. So yeah. the class was probably about a year before I had Daniel. And then I brought him to the Secret Gardens when he was two and a half. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. So by that time, I was pregnant with James. Yeah. And um, our second son. And, oh my gosh. So, you know, going into the secret gardens, first of all, it was our first experience in a, in a social group setting since the pandemic. And for Daniel, it was going to be his first really educational experience outside of the home. Um, We knew he loved nature and being outside because that had become our everything in the pandemic. That was our safe space. That was where we explored and grew and learned together. And um, so it was like the perfect marriage of like, you know, it's time for him to start having that group setting and it's time for us to explore, you know, what what's available to us and not just, yeah, just to explore, I guess, what was what was out there for us to connect with the community and also being outside. We went to the outdoor classroom, absolutely fell in love, Wow. had James a week later. <laughs> <laughs> And it was then my goal to get Daniel back. You know, how can I bring him back to that classroom setting that he really, truly loved? And just watching him interact with the other kids and what you had 
built the gardens and the mud kitchen and the art, you know, the parts in the clubhouse that he could be interacting with nature and art at the same time. And um, just watching him be so creative and take, you know, he was taking risks. And it was really the first time we had seen him take risks. <laughs> um, and so it was our goal to get him back. Um, and I think I was so called to it, too. I was just enthralled by what you had built and what I had heard so much about in the course that I took with you. And then to see it coming to life. Mm. It was just so inspiring, so exciting. So, yeah, once James was ready to be away from me for a little while, you know, at a time, my mom would stay with James and I would bring Daniel to the secret gardens. And it was, it was just magical. It really and then was. from, yeah. from there, you know, I was, I was doing private tutoring was what I had um, started to do during the pandemic. And I kind of got this inspiration of, you know, I'm sitting with these kids outside for the most part already, because that's just what was safe during the pandemic. And then to see what you were doing in the secret gardens and what I could be bringing into those tutoring sessions to enrich these sessions and um, for these pre-K to high school to even college and beyond mm-hmm. kids that are people and adults that I was working with too. So I was able to bring some of that in, which was really exciting. Um, and then ended up working at preschool, which is now where Daniel goes and James will go. And you have worked with this preschool, so they know you well as as a bonus and you can see the inspiration of the secret gardens and the outdoor classroom throughout the school. So that's that's where I am now. (laughs) Wow. That's just incredible. So there's so much to unpack there. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. So where, so with the, uh, that combining of your art and your teaching and really merging other subjects into the outdoors, what, and how have you done that? Have you explored yeah. or seen or tell us a little bit more about that? So where I am now, it's it, I'm so lucky that the school supports outdoor learning and supports kids being outside and interacting with, you know, these can be materials that we're bringing from inside out or finding outside on hikes and things like that. But where we, where I teach now Essentially, we've got we've got the mud kitchen, which is very much inspired by your outdoor classroom. Mm -hmm. And we're doing right now. My co-teacher and I are focusing on building a music wall and bringing that into play and just seeing these kids come alive outside. You, You really see a different side of them when we bring them out. It's more of that unstructured time. It's more of that personal that self growth, self management that we're seeing them really work on and and grow in and so that's really now where my passion is to see these kids outside interacting um, with each other and with nature Uh so yeah I love that so and you're very big because with your tutoring I know that you did a Mm -hmm. lot of literacy and Mm -hmm. and can you tell me a little bit about that just the, the literacy piece and then how you sort of see and do combine that with nature? Yeah. So the tutoring that I have done and still do, it ranged from small groups to one-on-one. And I always found that the small groups were the best to be outside. It, you know, especially where there's like, if I had three preschoolers or three first graders, whatever the, the group was. And so typically 
I just tried to incorporate anything that we were doing with literacy, whether it was like a letter search and find or a number search and find, you know, bringing in math. Um, and we would do it outdoors. So it kind of combined the outdoor elements of kind of that scavenger hunt feel. And then they would I learned to identify letters and numbers and sounds and things like that through outdoor play. Um, we would do things like scavenger hunts or build an obstacle course where they're collecting words and matching rhyming words and things like that. So anything that got them moving, they were outside and then also involving literacy like that. And then we also created outside. A lot of times we would do projects where we would collect loose parts and build something out of that, whether it was we were creating a large letter on construction paper with what we found, those loose parts, or getting something out of mud, painting a letter out of mud and things um, that they could just find around them was really, and it really became student driven because once yeah. we would start to do these teacher-led activities, it's amazing how inspired the kids would get. You know, it was, oh, well, what if we did X, Y, Z? What if we, this time, what if we jump over the log this way? Or this time, why don't we line up the rocks? Or this time, why don't we? And they were just so inspired by being outside. And we found, I, you know, my, my option was to be inside in someone's house where there was typically a lot of things around them that would distract Mm -hmm. them, right? We'd be sitting in a playroom. (laughs) So you can understand it was like, um, so to get outside, it just made the classroom walls disappeared. And the classroom really became the focus on the individuals and how they existed in nature. And that was just a magical Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's so beautiful. I want to backpedal a little bit and just go back to your, well, you're always a parent, so that doesn't necessarily backpedal at all. Right. But really this journey of, now you have these two beautiful young children in your family and you've got nature piece and you've got this teaching piece. How has that changed you as when you were not a parent to, to where you are today? You know, I think, and I'll go back to when I was talking about how when Daniel was born, and I I say it kind of jokingly, but I think a lot of mothers could connect that it's an identity crisis, right? Like your whole identity. So so for me, it was going to a school every day where I was teaching 25 plus first graders. I saw my coworkers every day. I had a community of teachers. I had a building that I felt I belonged to. And then suddenly it was me and my baby in my house. (laughs) Like everything I knew about what, you know, what role I was playing in my life had changed. Mm. And it's really hard. But I think that from that point, truly it's a bit of a breaking point. You you kind of look at the pieces of, well, who who am I really, right? Like, okay, I'm a mom. I still love teaching. I want to be with my students. I want to be teaching through the arts. I want it to be hands-on learning. I want them to be outside. I want it to be a sensory experience. All those things that I had to really find as my truths and then piece it back together somehow into the identity that I have today, right? Mm. So like, and I still feel like I'm rebuilding, rebuilding and trying to find, you know, where I, where I fit in the education world and, But I think being a mom was a total shift of priority. And I would say, too, as a teacher, before being a parent, 
you know kids on a surface level and you try to get to know them deeply, but you'll never know them as well, obviously, as their parents do or their Mm -hmm. family knows. Mm -hmm. And then becoming a mom gave me that insight to how much more important their schooling experience was than I even ever knew. Mm. And watching Daniel and knowing that, okay, he's going to learn better. He's going to build core memories when he is happiest and when he's having an emotional response to what he's doing and when he's focused because he's happy, you know, he's happy and he's engaged. And that without a doubt was happening way more often when he was outside. Yeah. And even if it was, you know, bringing a book outside, simple as that, like making that connection where, yeah, it just, you could see him more grounded and just come alive. And I think back to even when they were, you know, our kids were little, and they were babies. If they're fussy, we bring them outside, you know, yeah. and I still do that with my kids today, two and four. I'm like, oh, you guys seem like you need to get out. And um, when we, yeah, when we get outside, I just feel like it's, there's a certain calm, but at the same time, that inspiration. So all of that is to say, yeah, um, yeah as a parent, just that side of really having so much more of a heart of of how they're going to more deeply connect to their education, what they're, what they're learning, what they're doing. Uh, and you have been such an incredible model for other parents. All your, you've got the proper gear, the, you've got the rain suits, uh, the, the It gloves. makes a big difference. It's a huge difference. It's huge and it's, difference. It's really important. And then I think other people, other parents are like, oh, okay, yeah, got it. And so yeah. it's really, really interesting. Where do you see nature-based education, getting kids outdoors, you had alluded to in your other job where you were teaching for 10 years that, that mm. there was a lot of parameters that you had to, yes. that you felt a yeah. little restricted. Where do you see mm. nature-based education, outdoor classrooms going in the future? Well, I definitely want to speak a little bit about someone that you featured on podcast months ago was my aunt. Um, (laughs) who is the principal at the Hannah school. And I am so, so fortunate and our children are so, so fortunate to be, they'll be at the Hannah school when they go to public school, but to see um, principals and school leaders and our school director at the preschool I'm currently at taking those risks with outdoor settings, um, bringing those kids outside, it might be pouring rain, it might be freezing, there might be a giant puddle that these kids just can't resist to jump into three or four times, even after you've changed them. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, but for those school leaders, to be encouraging educators to get those kids outside, for them to connect. And not only that, but for that self-growth piece, You know, I can't tell you enough how much I've seen children who have come in with maybe some sensory needs or um, social needs or self-regulation needs and watching them grow and develop just by having that time outside, whether it's, you know, structured time outside or unstructured time outside. And so I really feel like my, you know, I, I think the priority here is that the school leaders need to be on board with the nature, nature as a classroom. So we're so fortunate that we got Gabrielle to be our, yeah. our school leader, you know, for the kids and the outdoor settings that they're creating. And that's really the goal for it to trickle down. But that's not to say that it can't also start with the classroom teachers being inspired because you go back to when I took that first course, I remember there was, I was inspired by one of 
the lessons that you had done, take the kids outside with a piece of paper and a clipboard, find a tree, and for them to look at the tree and draw geometric shapes that they saw mm-hmm. in the tree. So they would draw their tree and then they draw the shapes. It was incredible. And from there, my, the rest of the first grade team ended up doing that because they saw our kids go outside and drawing these shapes. So those little things can also light the fire, right, for the for the whole school, hopefully. And I think that something else that's huge is grants, you know, mm-hmm. so that these things can be provided for schools. Um, that's hugely needed, the money so that schools don't have to pay <laughs> necessarily yes, for these outdoor resources. And yeah, I think that certainly hopefully is where. Yeah, I think that was actually an example of Gabrielle. I don't think they created a whole structure, an open structure, beautiful structure. Uh, I don't think that was built when we did the interview, but it's to have her back. But it's but that was all grant funded parent participation. And she just is a natural, beautiful, incredible, very inclusive leader. Uh, that, and it's, it's such a great example. Uh, I was hoping that you were going to say that because she's, yes. such a, she's such a great example of inc- just incredible leadership and, and yes. what can happen. Yeah. And I remember a conversation that we had when we were working during COVID together. And one of the conversations, it was, she just looked at me and she said, well, yeah, one of the kids asked, can we slide down the hill? You know, can we slide down the hill like it's right, snow right. on it? And, Go sledding, yeah. Yeah, and, sh- and they said, no, you know, the, there's always been a no that was not not allowed. And so she just sort of scratched her head and she said, well, that's I'm, that's maybe an old principal. Or old head of school made that, yeah. that rule. <laughs> right. And it's, it was just interesting how things get stuck into place mm. and whether it be fear that we we make these rules, but to really reevaluate what kids can do outdoors. And I know the second thing that she, since COVID was that she implemented was that they don't use the cafeteria anymore. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. She I says it's that. just too stressful for children just to be in there to, to, to manage it. It's yep. completely yep. overstimulating. So now they, no matter what the weather, they eat outdoors. I love that. They Isn't just that so all, beautiful? Yeah. And I think to go back on what you were saying, too, about leadership inspiring or or supporting the community and parents being on board, right? So I see that definitely at the preschool that I'm at. The director and the teachers always are making sure that the parents and the whole school community understands that mission of outdoor play and outdoor involvement so that yes they're sent with the right gear they may eat outside or they may spend the day outside Mm -hmm. or they may you know and that possibility being supported by by the parents as well and I think that yeah it certainly makes it such an experience for these kids to really not just see education happen within the walls of the classroom and how exciting that is to see them really start to understand, oh, I'm learning something mm-hmm. as I'm playing outside, yeah. as I'm making a mess. You know, that's uh, the best yeah. part, too. That's right. I, Daniel was yeah. here in the Secret Gardens today, and I, we oh were doing our closing song. And I said, oh, I love how dirty your face is and your body. And he was just <laughs> rolling around in the mud. And it was just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they both were. So it's just it's yeah. just, I love having you on the podcast today because it's it's really, really seeing the parent side uh, along with the education uh, teacher side, I guess. But I call, I in my world, I call educators both parents and teachers because yeah, parents sure. are so much. But it's, it's uh, 
Yeah, really. And then I, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, this outdoor classrooms, it sort of stops at preschool and it, it doesn't. Mm. And so what happens when they, when they get older? And so my hope is that we can sort of keep this uh, dialogue going and, Mm -hmm. and really what you were just saying in terms of no matter who you are and where you are in your community, whether if you're a parent or you're a educator and in the school, the, the role that you can play in supporting these conversations and, you know, pointing people in the direction of let's get our kids outdoors any tips or tricks that that you give parents that you're working with that you tell yourself as a parent? Well, you know, I think something that we've just come to absolutely embrace in our our family and that didn't come as easily as I had thought originally is to let them get messy. Mm. And I think you'd you'd be surprised sometimes the amount of pushback you can get with that concept. And that was even part of it, you know, when teaching in public school and being like, we're going to go out, we're going to take the kids here and there and everywhere, and they're going to get messy. And the idea of the kids coming home messy for some families, it's like, no, don't do that, you know. But yeah, just to encourage these kids to, to get messy and for parents to accept and love the mess of being muddy and things like that. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think tell, that really has to be of, top priority. Yeah, I do, and there's so much research around that in terms of the mud, the, the all the organisms that are in the mud, and and spending that time outdoors. There's research around it. Yeah. So it's really about, and I talk a lot about this in my different courses. Is is it's, it's if you're parent or educator or both, it's it's about creating those systems in place so you can get them cleaned off and it, it yeah. doesn't become yeah. this huge headache. But but that's yeah. why those rain suits are so wonderful. You just <laughs> yeah. spray them down. Muddy buddies, yeah. But my kids way back then, they're in college now, but they have memories of their elementary school days of just not being able to touch the snow. Not, right. be able, not being so, able to go stay on the dry parts. It was mm-hmm. it was all these sort of rules of no, 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 no. And I yes. I do see it seems like it's it's uh, people are talking more about the benefits and let's get our kids muddy and dirty. And 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 uh, again, it goes back to that gear conversation in terms of, well, yeah, you know, for sure, they're not going to be very happy if they're muddy and wet and cold. <laughs> Right. But if they're wearing the right gear and they're rolling around in the mud, which your kids were doing today. <laughs> <laughs> Always, yes, because it's been so encouraged and embraced by you. Yeah. And that's, you know, certainly inspired us. And I also wanted to add something that we really learned and took away from the secret gardens is the garden, the garden mm-hmm. side of it. That's something that I've seen at the preschool I'm at, and it's really beginning to flourish. They have these raised bed gardens. They're getting the kids involved with planting. It's something that I saw at your outdoor classroom, and we got a raised bed, and we had a huge raised bed garden last year. We were way in over our heads, and so (laughs) we bought two more that we're going to build in the spring, and they're huge, and I bought seed starters and seed starter kits and all this stuff. I have never done I've always, you know, loved to garden, but the goal now for us is to get our kids involved. They so loved those gardens and seeing where food was coming from. I mean, the concept, I will never forget 
when James picked his first snap pee this year and, or no, no, it wasn't, it was a cucumber and was laughing hysterically. <laughs> like he could not get over the fact that he was reaching up to a plant and pulling a cucumber off of it. And I said, go ahead, buddy, you can take a bite. And he bit it. He was laughing the whole way through because he was just, he couldn't believe, I know this thing, this is in a grocery store, but now it's in my backyard hanging off a plant, you know? And so I think another huge part of all this, not only to get messy, but to connect with, with nature in the way of growing our own food and Mm -hmm. teaching kids to do the same, how empowering that is for them to, to really connect that way um, and to be able to grow food and to cultivate learners that know that they can, yeah, create their own gardens, whether it's flowers or from seed. Daniel and James came home today with the bags that you made with them, with the seeds inside, and they were ecstatic. Um, so yeah, just those kinds of things too. The garden part is so huge. Huge, 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 huge. And I, I am excited about what the possibilities and, and, and embracing that with, with, with children. I think it's so important. I think one of the reasons when we started up the uh, Cove School Children's Garden here, and, uh, one of the reasons why I do what I do is because when my kids were your age, they were preschool and kindergarten. Um, we were there at Cove and, (laughs) We started up the garden and fifth graders, which seemed like giants at the time, had never planted anything in the ground. Nothing, mm-hmm. not even a bulb, not nothing. And I thought this yeah. is, how could you get to fifth grade and not have that experience of planting something in the ground? So then right. that changed my whole philosophy of education. I'm like, that's, we need to switch and change that. So that's. Yes. Yeah. It's such a powerful. Yeah. Saying, yeah, I mean, it's really incredible. Like as adults, we know, oh, this is a seed, it grows a plant. But I think we really take for granted that process for kids to know what nurturing a plant looks like and how to care for something. I really feel like they develop a sense of empathy when they are nurturing a plant. They learn about how to care for others in that way. Mm -hmm. feel like it's, um, yeah, it just inspires them to be nurturing and care about the life around them. So that's a huge part that I wanted to make sure we mentioned too, because that's my, one of my favorite parts of the secret gardens is that I get to see your gardens <laughs> and how amazing they are. I'm already planning for next year. I'm like, okay. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love I'm really it. excited. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our community? Um, anything that we might've missed? I don't think so. I mean, I just, I want to make sure to say thank you to you that you have built this kind of community. I don't know where we would be as a family without you certainly wouldn't be as fun and wouldn't be outside as much. And to remind us to follow that love for the outdoors and to connect with each other outside. So I want to thank you and yeah, thanks for inspiring us. Thank you so (laughs) much. It's a gift to have your kids with us and, uh, it's he was one of the original family. So thank That's you. That's right. Yeah. Thank you again. <laughs> thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you 
set the right goals, then actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversations. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month and you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us. You get all of this. You get to become a member of our family at Outdoor Classroom. So I hope you can join us. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us. Come join us.